Welcome to Twice Born Podcasts. My name is Mike Bailey. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to get your feedback, and if you have any questions, please go to twiceborn.net. You can also find us on social media. I hope that you find this podcast helpful and informative. God bless. Finding your purpose in your painful experiences and the challenges in your life. I believe out of all the things that God allows into our life, this area may make the biggest impact. And it's also probably the area we dislike the most. It's probably the area that none of us would want if we were given a choice by God. Can I get rid of all this? Good, I want to, right? Because none of us wants to experience pain. None of us wants to experience struggle. None of us wants to go through difficult times. But as we look at our own lives and we think about the other people that we know, we recognize that pain and challenges reveal more of God's glory than anything else in life. And we are more influenced by the person who's gone through great challenge and praises the Lord than we are for someone who everything is going good and praises the Lord. Because there's power in it. There's power in commitment in times of trouble. There's power when someone is consistent with their faith, even when things aren't going their way. And so this part of our identity, this part of our purpose, this part of our story is important not to neglect, not to overlook, but to recognize that God doesn't waste anything. He's not going to waste your pain. He's not going to waste your problems. He's not going to waste your situation. And so we need to come to a place today where we decide what we believe, that we make a commitment to that belief, and that we plan to live out our faith in this way. And so what is the purpose of your pain today? Why did God put that in your life? How does that help you find your purpose and place as part of the body of Christ? So let's precede God's word as he speaks to us and ask him to reveal the truth to us. Let's pray. Father God, you are holy and you are just and you are righteous. Uh, We love that you have spoken your word and not only did you speak it, you had people record it so that we could read it, so that we could know it and study it and invest our lives in it. And so Lord, today we, we are led by your word, led by your spirit. We want you to be the interpreter for us. We want you to reveal it in our hearts and our minds so that we can truly understand it and then live it out. And Lord, we pray that as we read these words and consider our lives, consider the good, the bad, the challenges that have come our way, that Lord, we would see the bigger picture, that we would recognize from an eternal vantage point what is going on, and Lord, that in many ways we would rejoice even in our struggles, that we would find a place to say thank you, we love you. And Lord, I I think of your life, I think that you humbled yourself, that you came in the, the form of a man that you were tempted in every way that we are tempted and yet you did not sin and that people like me, people like us, ridiculed you and put you on a cross and you allowed all that to happen. You allowed yourself to go through immense suffering, separation from your father. Why? So that we could have relationship with you. But we thank you for that truth. Help us to really understand that. Help that be a guiding factor in our lives. Lord, whatever distractions, whatever stresses, whatever tensions we have in our life, I pray that they would be wiped clean and wiped away so that we can be refreshed with your spirit, so that we can be filled with your joy, so that we can reveal the light that you've given us to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
As you read your Bibles, you know it's 66 books. The, the word Bible means library. It's the books of God. It's what all other books, all other thought is really generated from, which is an interesting thought to have. But the Bible is so central in so many different ways. But as we look at the Bible, it's divided into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, the New Testament is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the teaching that the Holy Spirit gives us through Paul and Peter and the writers of the New Testament like John. In the New Testament, we are told about a man named Paul who was initially Saul. And Saul hated Christians. Saul was a leader of his time. Saul was trained by a man named Gamaliel who was actually one of the highest ranking Jewish officials that would be an educator a professor in the truths and in the foundations of the Hebrew faith. And Saul committed himself to do this, and he committed himself uh, to shut down this new religion, this new way of Christianity, and yet he had an experience that radically shifted his life. And two-thirds of the New Testament, God used Paul to, to transcribe, to write. Mostly he was in prison when he wrote these things. To us, to you and I so that we would have this information. So this is a beautiful uh, thing. This is a powerful thing that we're going to read some of the things he wrote that God wants us to hear. But his story is a powerful story because he goes from a man of power and prestige and, and really achievement to losing all of that because of his faith in Christ. And this, is the, this part of the Bible is the scariest part of the Bible for me. And I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe you'll, you'll say it's the scariest part for you because... This part reveals something that, that, that is hard for us to grasp. I think for myself it's hard to grasp. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 9. This is talking about uh, God using Paul to be his ambassador, to be his voice. Verse 15 says this, But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man, and he's talking about Paul, is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, that's us, to kings, the authorities of his time, and to the Israelites, the Jews. But verse 16 is the tough verse. This is the verse that we need to pray about every day. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I wish, I wish that Jesus would have said, and I'm going to show him how awesome it is to share Jesus. I'm going to show him how much health and wealth and peace and prosperity you have when you follow Jesus. How everything in your life turns around and it's perfect once you follow Jesus. I wish that when Jesus said this, he would have said, I'm going to use Paul to show everyone, even Mike Bailey, 2,000 years from now, how awesome it is and how fun and how exciting and how easy it is to, to be a, a believer in Jesus Christ. But that's not what he said, right? That's not what he said. He said, I have to use him to show how much suffering. For what? What does he have to suffer for? A name. A name that divides. A name that has power. A name that has changed the world like no other name in the history of our existence. And so we look at this and we see this is tough. Because then later in 2 Corinthians, as we hear the story of this man, Paul, and how his life uh, continues to, to play out and, and these things beginning happening, uh, John, uh, uh, Bill had read this earlier, 2 Corinthians 11.23, 23, 
and they and their servants of Christ, I am talking like a madman. I am better uh, for one with far more labors, many more imprisonments, far worse beatings, many times near death. Five times I received the 40 lashes, minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received the stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in open sea. On frequent journeys, I face dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brothers. Toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and without clothing. That's not too inspirational, is it? <laughs> That's a tough existence. Paul went from a life of authority, a life of achievement, a life of uh, everyone looking at him and celebrating him, to a life of struggle, a life of challenge, a life of pain. Why? Why this pain? Why this challenge? And that might be us today. You may have come here today and, and your question all week to God has been why? Your question to God might have been, why have you allowed this to happen? Why is this in my life? If I love you, shouldn't you love me and do what I want and get rid of this? Amen? Amen. That's how we feel. That's how I feel. That's what we struggle with as human beings. Why, God, would you keep letting these things into my life? And that's the problem. That's the problem for all of us is dealing with the pains, the challenges, the rough spots in life. We find that Paul even deals with this in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now, we don't know what that means. We don't know exactly what he had. It could have been a disease. It could have been a lot of different things. Uh, we're told it's a messenger of Satan to torment me so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. Here's Paul, who has this radical experience on the road to Damascus. His, his sight is taken from him. He sees Jesus. Jesus says, uh, you know, why are you persecuting me? And finally, he comes to the place of repentance and belief, and the scales fall from his eyes. He's radically transformed, and now he's the voice for the new way, the way of the Father, the way of Christ as Savior. And yet here, as he's doing his ministry, he has this thorn in his flesh. He has this issue, uh, almost demonic in a sense that it is, it's constantly bothering him. And what does he do? He goes to the Lord three times. He says, why don't you take this from me? Why don't you take this from me? Why don't you take this from me? And this morning, let's be honest, one of the challenges in life, whether you're a believer or not a believer, is that it seems like you go from one challenge to the next. You go from one bad situation to the next. You go from one bad news to the next bad news. And it can be overwhelming. And it can be difficult. And it can saturate your thoughts. It can keep you up at night. It can be the thing that causes the anxiety in your life. 
And Paul recognized that, and he went to the Lord. He didn't imagine like it wasn't there. He didn't pretend like everything was good. He didn't brush it out of the, the rug and say, I'm not going to deal with this. He dealt with it by going to the Lord and saying, would you please take this from me? Would you please take this from me? Would you please take this from me? And the challenge of pain and hardship is that it can lead us to doubt or avoid our purpose. This past month, as we've talked about purpose, you might have always said, that sounds good, but I have this problem. I have this issue. How can I be passionate about the Lord? I have this issue. How can I be, how can I be faithful using my abilities for the Lord? I have this issue. How can I really use all that he's giving me to serve him? I have this issue. And so for many of us, the thing that keeps us from living out our faith in, in a dramatic way, in a passionate way, in a fully committed way, is this issue that challenges us, this problem in our life. And so how do we find our purpose? How do we find our calling? What is God's answer to this problem that we all face? Well, here's what he says as he continues on in 2 Corinthians 12. But he said to me, and if you have your Bible, I would highlight this, underline this, memorize this, teach this to your children, write it on the wall, write it on the, the walls of your heart. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, this is Paul writing now, I most gladly boast all the more about my weakness. So that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. Here's a major statement. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The most powerful people on the earth are those that have emptied themselves of themselves and they filled themselves with the Lord the greatest challenge we're going to have is honestly coming to the Lord and saying take what is not of you from me and help me to receive what is from you and if if you call me to deal with this hardship help me not only to accept it but to recognize that you're using it for something good See, the next step after we repent and believe is we put our faith that everything, good, bad, in our life is part of the plan and is worthy of worshiping our Father for. Are you willing to worship God even when he allows a thorn in your flesh? Can you say like Paul said, even in my weakness, I worship God because in my weakness, he is made strong in me. C.S. Lewis says that God whispers in our pleasure and he screams in our pain. You're never more in tune with the Lord than those moments when you need him the most. Your pain and your suffering and your challenges have drawn you much closer to God or dealing with the issue of a God than any of your pleasure has. Pleasure is a gift that gives us a glimpse of eternity in heaven. Pain helps us to recognize the separation of sin. 
and our full reliance on Jesus Christ. You see, the most powerful thing that you have as part of this body is your ability to worship God, whether it's good or bad. The purpose that you have in life is to take the good and bad and celebrate God in both. One of my favorite speakers growing up, he used to say, I give all the credit to God and I give all the criticism to God. I don't own any of it. It's his to to take. Don't own all the joy and don't own all the pain. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, when your life is fully committed to him, in the moments of pain, in the moments of suffering, in the moments of challenge, fully commit yourself to the Lord because there's a purpose for your pain. As you see on the screen, many of you, or some of you may have know of this individual, Nick Vujacek. He's a speaker nationally. When he was born, he was born with his arms and legs not there. Um, If you read about his story, when the doctors brought him into the room, his mother said, please take that baby away. She didn't want to hold him. She could not handle the fact that her child had no arms and no legs. As a very young boy, Nick felt like there was no, he grew up in Australia, he felt like there was no reason to live. How would he ever have any kind of life? How would his life matter at all? And he was so focused on the challenges of having no arms and legs. Obviously, if we had no arms and legs, it would be a challenge. And so as a very young boy, he actually tried to drown himself in the bathtub in about four inches of water. And he was unable to do it. And he finally realized through the Holy Spirit of God that he was loved. And it didn't matter that he didn't have arms. It didn't matter that he didn't have legs. That God still had a purpose. He made him on purpose. He had a plan. And he was going to use his weakness and make it his strength. Do you realize that Nick Vujacek has traveled to 57 countries in the world? And he's spoken to over 400 million people. 400 million people. That's more than all the people in the United States. He has shared his story and how Christ has worked in his life. Do you recognize that his weakness became a strength greater than just about anyone that's ever lived, maybe outside of Billy Graham? No one has spoken and shared the good news of Jesus Christ with 400 million people in 57 countries. And the one reason that this is happening is because through his weakness, God is made strong. And when he recognized that he didn't have to own the pain, he didn't have to carry the struggle and the anxiety that comes with trying to own all your issues. See, we try to own it. We try to hold it. We try to keep it. We try to fix it. We try to make it ours instead of submitting it to the Lord. And saying, whatever you allow into my life, you did it on purpose, with a purpose, and I'm going to trust you. That is faith. I'm going to put my faith that you're going to work it out. I'm going to put my faith in the fact that you have a much better plan than I have. I'm going to put my faith in the fact that you can use this problem for good. That's where my faith is going to live. And when you do that, God is able to shine his light in a way that he was not going to be able to do with you prior to that. 
And this example of Nick Vujacek, I was at a, a con, we did a Christian concert uh, in Pennsylvania, and there's a bunch of, there was 80,000 teenagers there in this huge field that they do every called creation, and Nick Vujacek was one of the speakers. Some of you have heard me tell this story, but this man has great faith. He's on the stage, and he's beginning his presentation, and behind him, the lightning begins to scatter in the background, the dark clouds. We've seen that a lot this past week. These dark clouds, lightning, the lightning alarm goes off. Um, this was a campsite. Uh, there was a speaker that came over, the loudspeaker, to 80,000 people said, you need to evacuate. There's a thunderstorm coming. You need to get to safety. Nick Vucek is the speaker. He's going to give a presentation about coming to Jesus as your Savior, as believing him with your life. And Nick says, everybody stop. Everybody stop. Now, he didn't have arms. He didn't do that. He said, everybody stop. He said, it will not drop a drop of rain until I'm done telling you what I need to tell you. It will not drop a drop of rain and there will not be lightning here until I'm done telling you what I need to say. Let me ask you a question. If you had the privilege of standing in front of 80,000 people and a thunderstorm was rising up behind you, would you have the faith to tell that crowd Nothing's going to happen until I'm done telling you about Jesus. Do you realize he went on for 15 minutes and not a single drop of rain, rain dropped to the ground? It wasn't until we all returned to our campsites that it began to rain. I walk away from that today saying, that's the faith I want to have. A faith that believes more in the creator than what the creation can do. That believes more that God can take the worst part of my life and use it in a powerful way for his glory and for his praise. And so the whole point of this series has been, where do you fit in in this body? What is your purpose here? What is God calling you to do? Do you realize there are people that live within two, three, four miles of us right now that have gone through similar challenges you've gone through. They're in the midst of the same type of pain that you're in the midst of, and they have no hope. They have no Jesus, they have no Holy Spirit, they have no God's word. They have no security, they have no assurance, they have no idea what's gonna happen. And God formed you in your mother's womb, created you to be at this time in this place to speak into that person's life and point them to him that your pain and your suffering would be a way for you to talk to someone who has your pain and your suffering about the hope that comes in Jesus Christ. Do you realize that our stories that we come together with, that the challenges that God has overcome in our life, that he has used for his glory, is one of the most powerful tools we have? It is the one thing the world can't compare with. It is the one thing the world can't uh, have any close comparisons to is the fact that every single thing in life, whether good or bad, is for the glory of God. That everything can be submitted to him and he'll use it. The challenge is, do we have that kind of faith? Do I truly believe that my weakness, my pain, is something God can use? Is he strengthening me? Is he doing something within my own heart through these times of challenge? 
And so how do we apply this? Number one, take inventory. Take inventory on the challenges of your life. What are the things in your life that have been difficult? What are the things in your life that have been keeping you up? The things that have been causing you anxiety? How can you give those to the Lord today? Do you want to keep carrying that? Do you want to keep owning that? Or do you want to submit that to God? Do you want to give that over to him and say, use this, I will worship you no matter what? Number two, I believe it's important to ask wisdom. Ask for wisdom. James says that God, one of the areas that he's extremely generous in is when we ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to us generously. Maybe right now you're saying, Pastor Mike, I have no idea. You're saying that he can use this? I have no idea how he's going to use this for good. It doesn't, there's no earthly way he's going to use this for good. You don't know my situation. You don't know my story. You don't know what's going on. He, there's no way he can use this for good. Well, I don't have the answer to that, but I do know who does have the answer. And all you, do is, all you have to do is ask him. Give me wisdom. Help me to understand why or how or what you would have me to do. Don't try to own or control or fix the problem. Follow the spirit of the holy God. Help, allow him to help you to navigate through the challenge. Allow him to take you where he wants you to go. Ask God for wisdom. And then after you've asked, trust what he says to you. Trust him. You know, this really is an issue of trust for all of us. You know, the reality is we come to church and we say we're going to give our lives to Christ and he's taking care of us. We're not going to hell anymore. We're going to heaven. We're putting our faith in that. That's a trust. Okay, well, what about in this life? If I can trust that he's going to save me from hell, shouldn't I be able to trust that he's going to deal with this problem that's nowhere near hell in my life? Because my faith can't just be he's going to save me from the worst possible thing ever, but yet he can't deal with this one little thing here. Faith is in every area. Faith crosses all the boards. I can't just have faith in eternity and no faith in this life. And so trusting him in this area is not easy, but it is necessity. Can you trust him with your challenges? Can you trust him with your pain? Can you trust him with those things that have caused you hurt? And then finally, commit to being part of the church. Your story, your passions, your abilities, and even your pains is what make us strong. Did you know that? You and what God has created you to be make us better. When you fully submit to the Lord and you live for him, you make us better. You make us stronger. You make us more capable. You make us to be what we're supposed to be. It can't just be the pastor. It can't just be the singers. It can't just be the musicians. It can't just be the tech people. It has to be all of us. Can't be the missionaries, can't be the people that work in the Christian industry. It has to be every single one of us. And actually, the more faithful and committed you and we are, that all of us make this commitment, that, that, in, that intensifies everything significantly. That gives us a great a level of ability that God can use us for. And so I would ask you to make that commitment. Commit to being part of this body. 
If you're not in a group, if you're not going to Sunday school or a Bible study or a group that meets outside of there, get involved. If you haven't served here in any way, serve here. Be part of what's going on. And all of these things, you know what happens? You know what happens when we get together and we do things and we serve together? It keeps reminding us that God can use our bad for good. It keeps encouraging me that even though there's some bad, he can use it for good. The more you're around other people that are believers, the more you commit to the body of Christ, the more you're capable of overcoming those challenges and those issues, and you can begin to worship God in a powerful way because they remind you, they encourage you. The body of Christ is here so that we would all be here for each other. And so let's commit to that. Let's make a commitment that this is important. When you're not here, we miss you. When you're not here, you miss us. Let's have a love for each other and a desire to strengthen each other and to also not neglect the fact that there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of challenge in this room, and we need to be praying for each other, and we need to be supporting each other, and we need to come alongside and see how we can help. What can I do to help you in your situation so that God can be glorified? Maybe my role is that I'm supporting you, and that gives glory to God. Maybe your role is that you're supporting me, and that gives glory to God. Either way, we're giving glory to God, and that's what we're called to do. Would we make that commitment today? More than anything else, when we gather, my desire is that you hear the Holy Spirit of God speaking to your heart. What is he saying to you? He's speaking. What is he saying? Is the Holy Spirit revealing things to you? If he is, please listen. Please respond. 